I love you, Nora. Do you love me? Oh, I don't know, Chia. Yo, 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 what the fuck is up, my guys? Thank you, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Meat Parade Podcast. I am your host. My name is Mac. What is good? Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you all had a good Thanksgiving. If you choose to recognize it as a holiday, if not, word, fuck the colonists. Um, I am here. I have been working on this episode all goddamn day and um, doing a lot of research so that I can really, you know, make this episode effective. I am not by myself today. I am joined by my friend. Feel free to introduce yourself here. Hey, I'm Sammy. Yes, Sammy is here with me. Sammy, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am Hispanic. My mother is Colombian. My dad is Chilean. Um, I come from a very strict catholic background which is great because i am a queer man and that's an exciting we love it yeah no it's it's great it's really wonderful and as we go through this episode you'll understand why sammy is the perfect guest for today's episode because we're gonna be talking about a lot of things i don't think i know a single person as woke as sammy and that's thank you you're welcome yes i'm serious you guys y'all ain't ready for this um so i thought i would start the episode off with um a little bit of poll work that I work some poll work that I did this week um on my Instagram if you guys are following it it's at meat parade podcast um I asked some questions throughout the holiday to kind of you know get a good gauge on what everybody else was doing and I asked a couple of questions uh before that um one of the ones that I wanted to talk about um was who is a boomer that you would tap everybody's there's a meme going around Okay, boomer. We all know it. I, you know. Yeah, yeah. We see it everywhere. We we're, we've been with our grandparents maybe over the weekend, so we've had our fair share of okay boomer moments. <laughs> Who is a boomer that you would tap? Um, and we got a couple answers. Um, we actually got um, Harrison Ford is one of them. I, I fuck, can respect I fuck, that. I, I can respect that. He's Indiana Jones. We love that. Um, another one is Chadwick Boseman. Is he a is he a boomer? He might be an Xer, but well, I'll respect that too. Chadwick Boseman. Is that pronounced right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and is that Paul Rudd? Paul Rudd. Okay. Okay, yeah. I feel like he's an Xer too, though, but I don't know. Oh, probably. I think but he so. is one fine piece of man. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, the first time I saw Clueless, it was over with. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't even go for white boys like that, but like, damn. He's a different kind of white boy. He hits different. <laughs> um, and then we got George Clooney. I totally agree with that I one. I don't get it. He is such a boomer that I would tap, like, 115 times. Like, okay, that's gross. I'm not trying to be gross here, but, like, I'm for real. Like, he's so fine. Did you ever see him in, um, what's that movie? Oh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? No, I have not. Oh, it's a good movie. You guys should watch it. He's very handsome, and he wears a white t-shirt the whole time, and it's, like, greasy. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I'm being, I'm being porny right now. Um, and then we actually got two votes for Jeff Goldblum. Honestly. Yes. Boy's woke. Yes, he is and woke. Kinda hot. I feel like he's kinda short, but like a short king, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Love it. He's so he's juicy. He's like a compact, juicy man. Um, what about you, Sammy? Like who's a boomer you would tap? Honestly, Rita Moreno. Okay, Oof. okay. Yeah. Tell us tell us. You about know, Rita. you know, baby girl, she's been all over Broadway, she's been all over everywhere. She 
banged uh, Marlon Brando. She banged uh, Elvis Presley. She did the whole thing real hot. We respect it. Plus, like, you know, gotta love me a Puerto Rican woman. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. That's so like Boricua. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god, I didn't really think too much about this one. I think when I put up the question, I was thinking, like, JFK. Cause, like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Also kind of, like, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Kind of. Like, she's a yeah. sex icon. Ooh, yes, yeah, for sure. For yeah, sure. she was Those a sex boobies? Icon. Yeah, she was popping. Yeah. She's, like, I- iconic. Like, we, can't, we can never put it past her. She's a sex icon. No, and she was a thick girl, too. She was a thick girl, yes. Got that booty. <laughs> um, and then I also asked the question of what um, period, like, what time period do you romanticize the most? Which, which one do you wish, you know, some people are like, oh, I was born in the wrong generation. That, we hate that shit. But I mean, mm-hmm. like... Which, okay, so the only answer I got was 1980, which I thought was interesting. I can respect that. I respect it. I love San Junipero episode of Black Mirror. Plus, like, let's be honest, the whole, like, emergence of, like, um, John Hughes films, like, that was, like, really oh, big. so romantic. Even though it was definitely a little bit high-key sexist. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it definitely, like, enforced gender roles and kind of, like... Yeah, it definitely didn't do anything that, that stepped out of the norm, but... I respect that. I don't think, I think for me, I don't know. I think I would have liked to be like in the 60s or no, yeah, definitely. No, the, I think the yeah, 60s, 60s or although 70s. like personally as a man, like a queer man who is Latino, that would not be like the move right, for me because like, I'm a if colored person. If we could person. go back to the gentrified versions of it. I oh, would, like, for sure. I'm like so into like, the, I don't know. That's just my vibe. I want to rock a cat yeah. eye and like, like hang out with movie stars. Plus like, let's not forget like sex and drugs oh Come yeah on. we love it plus rock and roll all about like rebellion which is like Fuck. my brand yeah or like Beatlemania. like i'm just letting you guys Oof. know if i was around in that time like like yeah i would have gave yoko ono a, a run for her money no I'm just actually kidding. no yoko john ono Len- is an icon she Don't is you iconic dare. but john lennon but john lennon is kind of a douche so let yeah, us not forget that yeah yeah. Okay. All right. No disrespect to Sean. What about you? What What would yours be? You say the same. I thing? say the sixties. Yeah, because yeah. it's all about like sexual revolution. It's all about uh, rebellion and empowerment. And, like we stand. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what we're going, you know, through today too. Really, when you think about it. So I think that's pretty accurate. Um, now today's episode is going to be really special um, to me because I had to do a lot of fucking research for this shit because I want to give you guys the facts. Like I want to, I want to let y'all know what's good. Um, and so I did some polling, um, some poll dancing, no, some polling on my Instagram, and I asked you guys a couple of questions if you were born after 1995, um, and I asked you guys if you plan to get married. 79% said yes, 21% said no. Um, I asked you if you use dating apps. 59% said yes, 41% said no. Um, I asked you if you are interested in pursuing an open marriage when you do decide to get married. Um, 25% said yes and 75% said no. Um, and when I asked the questions of career versus family in, in your pursuit in your twenties, uh, 69% said career and 31% said family. Um, moving on to the intention to have children or adopt children, 77% said yes, they do want children and they do want to adopt children. 23% said no. Um, and then I asked if you intend to find a monogamous life partner, um, whatever that looks like for you. And 87% said yes, and 13% said no. Um, I respect those numbers. That yeah. sounds like Gen Z numbers to me. Yeah, it does. And I'll be honest, like, no poll information that I can 
subtract is going to be entirely accurate because it's such a small sample size right it is a small sample size and we have a lot of straight a lot of straight females are answered on the polls not that that it does skew the evidence a little bit but based on the listeners this is where we're at um but yeah that i thought was really interesting and i know the holidays just went by so a lot of conversation gets prompted about you know like who are you grandma says who are you dating are you dating anyone i want to see pictures and they want to know about your life even though they haven't called you when are you gonna give me grandchildren when are you gonna give me grandchildren um how was your thanksgiving one um as good as it could have been mm-hmm. um as a vegan i can't enjoy it right. and coming from a hispanic family you know that they put meat in the rice they put meat in the potatoes they put meat in everything okay so, so you spent it you you got you were skinny on Thanksgiving. yeah but i was drunk so it was all right that's the oh. only way i can listen to the bullshit hell yeah i know that's the only way to tolerate it <laughs> mine was a little bit different this year um instead of doing like a big family get together i went out to new orleans um, with my mom and dad and their two friends and we did Thanksgiving dinner at a restaurant it's a really nice restaurant in New Orleans it's called Restaurant Revolution oh kind of hot yeah it was very appropriate for this it was, conversation. I felt like I was in goddamn Marie Antoinette's dining room like it was so beautiful and the waiter I told him I got like pretty wine drunk and I told him <laughs> that he looked like the love child of um Nick Kroll and Seth Rogen um oh that's interesting yeah <laughs> he's kind of hot though <laughs> um and then the night before that, actually, I posted a little bit about this on my Instagram story, but um, we went down to Bourbon Street the night before Thanksgiving. And well, okay, so we went to a bar, me and my mom and dad, and we're pretty close. So we were hanging out and getting drinks. And um, this like random guy started talking to me and I thought he was hitting on me. And then he starts talking to my dad and my mom. Um, and then I look and he has a wedding ring on and I was like, so, but at that point, I was, like, pretty sauce. So, I walked up to the stage, and I, like, summoned the jazz singer. And I was, like, hey, you're so good. Are you doing another set? He was, like, yeah. And I was, like, cool. Well, I'm in town for a minute. Like, we should hang out. I was just, like, honestly. Wow. I just, love like, your bold energy. That is what happened. Yeah, I, I know. It's not even, for me, it's not even about, like, I don't know. I'm never, like, trying to facilitate a hookup, obviously, because when I was with my family. But I just yeah. wanted to, like, do something to do something and also do something to make my parents be like, oh, damn, she really that bitch. So that's what I but did. Um, but then I just got, like, belligerently drunk and started posting really <laughs> strange things on my story, including a video of the singer after he followed me on Instagram. And I said, bae, I said, fuck. I was so fucking embarrassed. I was just, like, shit posting the whole night. Love and it. we got out to Bourbon Street. We brought this fucking married dude. He's so random. I don't know if you saw my my Instagram post on my main account. I have a picture of me and him in a bar and I'm holding a hand grenade. That is literally a photo taken 30 seconds before death because we kept taking shots and we got hand grenades. And if you don't know what that is, it's like a real, it's like a 40 ounce drink that has every type of liquor you could ever imagine. And um, we, my dad's like, here's a hand grenade. And I literally took like two sips of it. And this is from, this is not from my memory. This is from my parents' recollection of it because I honestly do not remember this. I like projectile vomited all over this place that was like half bar, <laughs> half restaurant, like ev- like everywhere. And like literally my family was just sitting there watching, like eating French fries while it happened. And um, yeah, so they took me back to the hotel and literally on the way back to the hotel, I pissed myself in the Uber. Like, straight up <laughs> pissed my pants. <laughs> I pissed myself in front of my parents, and this isn't the first time. Like, I'm, great Thanksgiving, honestly. Worst things have happened, but like, it my my dad just like carried me up to the room, and my mom assisted in getting me um like into 
proper clothing to go to sleep. That's real love, that y'all. Is, that's that's great. my mommy and daddy. That. But yeah, I definitely pissed myself this Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, or the day before Thanksgiving Eve. So, I, yeah, I know you guys wanted to hear that one. So, you're welcome. <laughs> me telling all of my shit to the internet. Um, so yeah. So tying back to those polls that I took, um, we are gonna be doing this episode today. Um, cause you know I had this conversation over Thanksgiving dinner with my. Uh, parents and their friends and they're all Gen Xers and we were talking about you know I was telling them about the podcast and kind of explaining like what my goal is what I'm trying to get out of making this podcast and how I'm trying to be inclusive and you know have these casual conversations about sex and relationships that aren't necessarily talked about because I think a huge issue with like the stigmas around you know talking around these emerging you know sexualities and you know gender norms is like just having a casual ass conversation about them and not making them so goddamn like stigmatized especially like cross-generationally like yeah exactly exactly because they don't even know how to approach it and if they do they approach it in a way that it's like they feel like threatened by the ideas of it because they never understood it before so for me I kind of explain that to them and that's why I wanted to take today's podcast and kind of walk you through through basically on I'm going to take y'all on a journey through time today (laughs) because uh, we're going to be talking about generations. We're going to start with the silent generation and just kind of work our way down through there and talk about, you know, relationship norms of the time and also, you know, the emergence of the gay rights movement and, you know, like the The sex revolution, the sex revolution and, you know, the the events that essentially shaped our culture into what Gen Z is today, you know, why we are the way we are. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. Um, I worked my ass off for it. So even if you don't, don't say shit about it, because I'm gonna be real pissed. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so I guess really the best way to do it is in chronological order. Um, All right, so we are gonna start with the silent generation. Now, that is the generation that my great-grandparents are from. Are your great-grandparents also silenced? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so that is, like, um, the people who were, you know, the women who were working in factories during World War II and the men who were deployed at war. Um, and this generation is, I mean, when you really think about it in context, um, like, obviously, homosexuality was never discussed. Sex wasn't even discussed at this time. But it was, like, you know, the norms were you're in a hetero relationship and you write letters to somebody and hope they don't fucking die in the war. And then if they make it home, you make some goddamn babies. But also, like, don't forget, this is all about, like, don't speak about sex, don't think about sex, don't even, like, do anything remotely Yeah, even sexual. though I'm sure some of those letters was nasty. Oh, for sure. But it was so... Have you seen them? They're so funny. They're so cute. They're, like, the aww. way people, like, romanticize sex in a way yeah. is very like literal like right very like romantically written and like a literature kind of sense is yeah. very like poetic yeah exactly yeah. and that that's you know they they didn't talk about sex by talking about sex they talked about, about that... the, the birds and the bees and the flowers and yeah. pollination yes. and... using lots of literature literature figments um, <laughs> to explain their sex lives but once when once these people get back you know once the war is over um they begin to reproduce and that's what we call the boomers we hate them. We love them. They're important, though. Oh, Their sure. history is very important. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of... I think it's so funny, the OK Boomer meme that came along. That's so funny. Everybody has those, like, grandparents that are just, like, super, like, not trying to listen. They're like, I love the man. Yeah. I'm not going to say his name, but... Um, but, yeah, the, this generation um, 
you know, I think we, as we see them today, we associate them with, like, I don't know, Trump lovers. Like, this is, like, pre-civil rights movement. And it's just, there weren't very, there was a lot of, like, hetero, it was hetero. It was very hetero. And very male-dominated because it's pre-like the female liberation too right right exactly so you know there's still this expectation these these children are being raised by women that don't work Mm -hmm. you know um but they also these women that are raising them are the people who worked in factories so there's kind of this like almost like dissonance between you know like what we expect from a female figure um but like essentially um this is a time where people were still valuing tradition they are, you know, following the rules and, um, you know, a lot of our grandparents got married young. So for example, I had a phone call with my grandparents earlier. They got married, um, at age 19 and 20 and they started dating when they were 14. Yeah. My grandma was 17. My grandfather was 20, 27. Wow. That's a big age difference. Yeah, that was. That's kind of crazy. And this was in Columbia. Yes. Yeah. Columbia. It was a different time. And, uh, with, like, a lot of, not only, like, my grandma, but with a lot of women, like, growing up in this time period, uh, marriage was not necessarily, like, especially in, like, Latin America, because, you know, oppression and, like, the lack of real, like, um, development, like, economically and, like, socially, mm-hmm. um, a lot of these women were, like, running away from, like, problematic home lives, especially with their fathers, because, right. like, these are very, like, domineering men, very, yeah. like... Right, and they just want, I mean, it's like essentially getting passed off the, you know. No, that's literally what it is, yeah. Yeah. It's like you go from one domineering man for being like a father figure to like another domineering man who's like your husband. Your husband, yeah. And that's still, that's going on a lot here. But the other thing I will point out about the boomer generation is this is the first generation of of marrying based on the um, construct of love and falling in love with mm-hmm. somebody. And that's where we see this, like, this this whole emergence of the whole love thing. Is, you, know, you see it. You see Greece. You see any period oh. piece from the 50s. It's all very romantic, you know? My grandparents, they're so cute. They're like they're like the type that, like, still make out. Like, oh, that's so they cute. are very, like, of the period. Um, and, again, homosexuality, not talked about. Um, but we're emerging into this time of, you know, question that it's like, you know, they're still not allowed to talk about sex, but people are, we're seeing the emergence of like censorship on topics about sex. Mm-hmm. And um, people are starting to realize like, okay, we're, this is kind of oppressive. Uh, like, yeah. what can we do? So this is the generation that when they were adults, um, and while they were probably raised in like pretty, pretty restrictive homes by the silent generation, we go into the 60s and that is, you know, that's the sexual revolution. Yeah, but before, like, a lot of the things that led up to this, you have to think about, like, um, how government and, like, the education system was working um, in, like, the 60s version of, like, what sex education was. They had, like, kind of like a home ec class where they had, like, tapes that and project actually it was projectors. So someone could come in, like, um, like an IT guy, like, put in a projector or watch it. And these kids would, like, literally sit in a class for, like, maybe an hour, hour and a half watching a film that, like, taught them about the values that they were supposed to, like, follow. Right. Like, respecting authority. Yeah. Res- yeah respecting yes, authority. That's a huge one. Um, you never try to, like, u- upset your parents. Right. Uh, you, it's all about, like, courtship. Like, you're very respectful with, like, the person that you like. Once you fall in love with someone, like you're in love with that person like that's your life together like that's the end goal and then we have babies and then that's it yeah but like marriage first yeah right of course of course so um you know we see these values and a lot of people follow them and um yeah actually i was reading some statistics earlier and uh it was showing that 
I think about like 65% of people in um, the early late 60s were just like following the expectations that were like given to them by like their parents and their authority figures. So a lot of them were like these like, you know, the football jock, like he was like your well-rounded like Christian boy who like did all the things right. He obeyed like his parents. He did like all the things he was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, like the counterculture is, it's glamorized and it's blown up in a lot of documentaries, but it wasn't as prevalent as you'd think it would be. And it was honestly way more prevalent on like the East and West Coast. Um, Big cities too. Yeah, big cities. Big cities. cities, Yeah. My my grandparents, they grew up in like middle of nowhere in Michigan. Not middle of nowhere, but you know, mid-Michigan, which is basically middle of nowhere. Yeah. Um, And, but then like, you know, just as this time, you know, these boomers are settling, they're either settling down and having kids or they're going into their 20s and they're entering the sexual revolution in the 60s, which, you know, this is like, this could be characterized by like the release of The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan, um, The Pill. Oh my God, The Pill. The Pill. Love that boy. She came out in the 60s. She's vintage. Um, also, don't forget like, Playboy started in, like, the 60s, even though it's a very problematic thing because it just enforced, like, the male gaze and how, like, women are just seen as sexual objects, but it did have, like, in part give, like, women the ability to be more sexual in a way. Yeah, and, like, expose their bodies a little bit more, and this is also the emergence of porn, you guys. Porn. Also, that's also when Planned Parenthood became a thing. Um, what's her name? Was it? Oh, Yeah. McGinnis. Um, so in the 1960s, there was a um, Estelle Griswold. She became like the executive director of an organization that we now know as Planned Parenthood. It was a Planned Parenthood League of Connecticut. And pretty much um, in Connecticut at the time, it was uh, legally forbidden for women to purchase birth control. Mm-hmm. Um, so what Griswold did was she opened a birth control clinic in New Haven, Connecticut, and she got arrested for it. Uh, but pretty much she took this to the Supreme Court, and not only did she overturn the law that made it illegal for women to buy birth control, but she um, also established the right of women to have privacy with birth control and, like, the idea of abortion, mm-hmm. like, that whole concept, which is really right. great. And that leads up, obviously, to Roe versus Wade, which is another really important legislature that led to women being able to have abortion. Um, and, you know, while this is, like, with any, I feel like with any movement, the sexual revolution is you know one of those things where again it's just like a people had to come out that's the thing when you're in the middle of a revolution you come the fuck out swinging that's what the fuck you do and that's what these people were doing and that's why maybe like half the boomers were like oh my god like look at these floozies and then the other half were like fuck it if and they literally said this this term if it feels good do do it. it fucking do it and that is like that's such a huge part of our culture today is like you know we came out with this idea that like hey like Let's let's Linda Lovelace yeah. up in this bitch. You know? But then again, like every generation is just like a reply to like the previous generation, and that's right. what like the sixties did. That's like what Gen Z is doing right now. Right. So that's why we're kind of walking you through it, just because this is all. Once you understand the past, you know it's easier to understand the present. But I, the one thing I do need to say about this is that this sexual revolution it meant sexual freedom, but not for all because homosexuality was still viewed very taboo it was not talked about um you yeah know. but we also have Marsha p johnson to thank for a lot of things you know um she did a lot of work in new york city uh with like uh, lgbtq youth and providing like support and 
um, pretty much, like, a safe space and, like, shelter for them. And with, like, everything that happened in, like, the Stonewall riots and, like, the uprising and everything, right. um, it kind of, like, opened a conversation. Because right. uh, before this time period, uh, homosexuality was kind of, like, a don't ask, don't tell kind of thing. Right. Like, you could do things as long as, like, you did it behind, like, closed doors and, like, right. nobody found out about it. And if anybody did find out about it, you may be exposed to violence, which is oh, really, sure. really sad. Um, and, you know, this... The Stonewall Riots happened in 1969. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's... Um, essentially, the police raided a well-known gay bar in New York City, um, and there was a bunch of riots, you know, in retaliation to this because a lot of people were injured, you know, simply... And this kind of planted the seed of, you know, for the next generation of, like, why why are we, you know, criminalizing these people for just, like, living, living their you life, know? Yeah. like. They didn't want to see what was going on in the bedroom, but they were like, hey, like, that's still kind of fucked up. Especially with, like, the whole thing with, like, the sex revolution. It was kind of, like, very for the straight cisgendered person. Mm -hmm. And with, like, the mainstream conversation that was happening about, like, homosexuality and, like, trans rights. Well, no, it kind of, like, opened a door and we were like, hey, like, you know what? Let's talk about, like, why we're allowed to have, like, sexual liberation, but these people can't. Right, exactly. And, you know, come the 70s, we start seeing these sodomy laws getting revoked, these laws against, you know, homosexuality, these literal, like, it used to be illegal for you to have sex with somebody. Oh, yeah. That is crazy. In the 70s, and that's like when, you know, that's when the Gen Xers are being born in the 70s. So this is kind of the seed that they're growing up on. Um, and then in 79, there was the first gay rights march in Washington. We got our very first um, gay politician, Mr. Uh, Harvey Milk. Oh, what a boy. Such a, such a guy. Um, and, um, you know, the 70s were, it was a time of expansion for the homosexual community. It was a time where it, it was still taboo. It was still not talked about. It was still not accepted. But it was, you know, a time of of, of movement yeah. for those, you know, for it be, people in that community. It did become, like, a mainstream conversation. But I feel like the issue with that a lot was um, gay became, like, a joke. Like, the butt of a joke. It was, like, a novelty act, um, if you really think about it. Because everybody, like, knew about it. Everyone kind of, like, joked about it. Um, but it was never, like, something that you really, like, Yeah, it was, like, not, yeah, about. you're not recognized as, like, a person so much in the media, more as, like, a novelty or, like, an, you know, just something to, like, joke at, which is, it's shitty, but, I mean, it was, you know, essentially at least gave, it at least shed a light on the mm. idea of it. Um, now, this, in 1981, um, is when the AIDS epidemic really begins and picks up, um, a lot of traction, and, we all know that the homosexual community was... A scapegoat. It was a scapegoat for the AIDS epidemic, and everyone was so fucking scared, and they didn't know if you could get it through contact, or, you know, nobody knew what it was, essentially. Um, and that is really where we see the next the next level of oppression hit on the homosexual community. Um, I mean, this is why, you know, somebody... If you ever talk to a Gen Xer, like, they might, they might come off kind of homophobic and it's yeah. you know a lot of it has to do with the fact that they were around when this happened and, and you know and the that, media was that... just like blasting like oh, the yeah. whole thing like oh yeah like homosexuality like all this and all that and um it's kind of like really sad because so many people have been working so hard like for this like liberation in a sense mm-hmm. and um we became like a scapegoat essentially for like the whole AIDS epidemic and we kind of got blamed for our own behavior and it was kind of like 
where the whole like oh you know like gays are just um super sexual they're like slutty they're like sleep around with everybody yeah, and, and this whole like sentiment like began where it's like oh yeah like that's like a dark thing like you don't do that like that's just like, right because it's like it doesn't refer to like who you love it's like a sex thing. a sex thing like yeah. a perversion almost and then you know ronald reagan did not Ronald Reagan's a fucked up guy. Oh, yeah, he's a piece of shit. Also, he's a fucking honest. piece of shit. And fuck, fuck anybody who agrees with him. I mean, my parents probably were like Reagan <laughs> But like, honestly, that Reagan was a fucking bad guy. The war on drugs was a fucking war on ethnicity. So I'm just, wanna, I'm going to put that one out there. No, it's true. Um, but um, yeah, he didn't do much, you know, to assist in this, you know, this bias that was going on. He wasn't helping out anybody when this AIDS epidemic was happening. And, um, yeah. And also like the whole education thing there, it wasn't even like about like safe sex practices. It was just more about like, just don't have sex. Just don't be gay. Just yeah, don't do like don't, gay yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's literally what it was. Exactly. And, you know, I watched this interview earlier with, um, look at the red notes here. John Cameron Mitchell. I don't know if you've ever seen the film, uh, Hedwig and the Angry End. <laughs> Such a good ass movie um but yeah he was emerging he was you know going into college as the aids epidemic was hitting and he it's so crazy because honestly i watched this interview with him and he he, i can see like he doesn't even talk that much in the interview like he doesn't he kind of beats around the bush and it's just like i can see him reliving like the pain of you know like existing in that time and Mm -hmm. he was not out of the closet yet um but um yeah and then margaret thatcher um I would love that girl. She pro- you love Margaret Thatcher? Oh my god. Okay, well you're not going to love her. Section 28 um, is a... She proposed Section 28, which basically uh, forbade the promotion of homosexuality in England. Mm. Um, and Yeah, and I don't know. That's just like really fucked up. It just added to the stigma. Um, but as far as like the actual Gen X generation, um, you know... This is kind of like what they were raised on, you know, kind of like the fear. Yeah, and like this just, this downright, like, almost abusive propaganda. Oof. Um, but, you know, as far as like heterosexual relationships in the 80s, women are gaining more, you know. Control. Especially control. like the pill and everything. They kind of like more, have more control about their own sexuality, which is like a good thing. Exactly. So they're living in the aftermath of this sexual revolution and, you know, they are... You know, also, more... don't forget Cosmo, because Cosmo became a thing, and yeah, like, now we talk about, like, the Cosmo, like, sex columns, and how, like, it's yeah. kind of problematic. It is there. problematic. But, like, at the time, like... No, yeah, it was, like, talking... There was literally literature yeah. in, in your grocery store about, you know, sex tips. Yeah, and, and it was like... literally... The great thing was, like, with Cosmo, um, they were talking a lot about, like, being, like, a woman who's, like sexually satisfied like you are a career woman like you're doing like your things you're like a powerful woman who like is in control of like your sexuality your career like a lot of aspects of your life and that's like a really great thing um especially like for such for the youth because they're so impressionable and like to be able to like just go to your grocery store and see like this conversation happening and you'd be able to be like hey like you know what maybe i can be a powerful woman and, you exactly know, exactly and you see like you know the emergence of these more like even more sexual figures and maybe not even like I don't even want to say like sexual figures because these women are not they're not necessarily feminine in nature they're not your 1972 playboy girls you know but they're still hot in in kind of a different way Mm -hmm. and um women are taking way more initiative at this point um you know 
in dating and in hookups and you know people are putting their careers first and people aren't necessarily well I want to say Gen X um still kind of followed the motions um and had children and got married it was this would like, be our yeah. parents yes but it was way later than you know was expected from yeah. from You're the boomer generation to, you know live your life like you do you Focus on your career. And, and like, then somebody will come along. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, like, the thing was, a lot of the things, like, Gen X, um, a lot of, like, statistics were showing that a lot of women who went into college were not necessarily going to college for, like, the education purposes, but mm-hmm. a lot of them were going to college to look for a husband, too. Right. And there was still discrimination in the workplace happening. There was... It was not, like... You weren't... I mean, if you went to college and you were an educated woman, like, yes, you could get a job, but that's not to say that a guy with the exact same education couldn't get a way better job. Yeah. Like, And that's, like, the thing. Like, you got your education, but when you became a mother, you became a mother. Yeah, like, exactly. And you're still kind of expected to, like... Follow stay, the Stay home with the baby yeah. and, like, Cook you know, commit to maternal labor. And, um... You know, I think a lot of women started going, and this is like what I think the millennials, um, which are, you know, millennials and Gen Z are the children of um, these Gen Gen Xers, which is why they're known as the latchkey generation, because the moms did eventually go back to work and Mm. they, you know, re-entered the workforce after the kids were like not on the booby anymore. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, Now, the millennials... This is the the generation that I mean. I I feel like millennials, like boomers, are just now catching the heat on the internet. Millennials have been catching that heat for a minute. Yeah. Everyone wants to demonize them. I'm so sorry, millennials. But then again, like you have to think about the context. Like uh, throughout all of history, like when the youth is getting to like that twenty, twenty five, like thirty age, like people are always like talking smack, and it just so happens that like they turn twenty, twenty five, thirty, like at the age of the internet. Yeah. So like. There's so many open places for the conversation, and everyone's just like, yeah, like, millennials are just lazy, and, like, they're just uh, stuck at, like, mommy's house, and it's like, no, like, if you really think about it, like, we're, like, they're just being smart about it. Yeah. And they're just, like, reacting to the environment around them, and for some reason, they got all the slack because they were the ones growing up at this time. Right, exactly, and they, you know, the millennials, they, okay, so... Millennials, I might focus a lot on just throughout this series because their dating culture is very, very unique because they grew up in, you know, kind of within the te- the technology revolution, mm. but, but you know, when they're, are like, when they, when, basically when they reached their early 20s, this is when the emergence of, like, dating apps started happening. Match.com. Yeah, Match.com. Um, and it was, still, it was still super taboo. I don't yeah. even, it's... Even now, like, when you go to goddamn Thanksgiving, if you ever, if you mention a single lick of the word Tinder, your, your grandma's already read 50 articles about it on Fox News, (laughs) and she's going to tell you that you're going to get abducted. Um, but, like, this generation of millennials... But, like, dating apps has always, like, kind of been growing, because, like, even in the 80s, like, there was the whole emergence of, like... Paper ads? Not necessarily paper ads, I'm talking about, like, the video ones, where people would, like, record videos, and then they would like send them in and then people would like try to find a partner so you would like call this number and be like hey like i'm interested in like this person they this video specifically and then like that's how people would like interact right and i guess maybe because it was what they viewed as more mediated is why they like hate dating apps or the ideas of them but um but yeah millennials bubble up to this like age where they're you know starting to look for partners and then that's this is when hookup culture 
happens. Like really begins. Like really happens. Like hookup culture, we're we're living in it today. And but the millennials, they fucking made that shit. They oh, the nineties, bro. Oh my god, I would kill to be like clubbing in the nineties, like whole like night at the Roxbury moment. Like that's my dream. <laughs> I take it back. I don't. Also, be in the nineties gay club be, scene. Oh my like, god, yes, bro. yes. And this is when we see LGBT rights. Be you know, this is past the stigma of the AIDS epidemic. When people are realizing that you can get AIDS from anyone. Mm -hmm. Children get AIDS. Like, it's, you know, so this is where we're starting to see, um, you know, more acceptance towards the LGBT community. Especially with, like, Ellen coming out. We have, like, that whole thing. Like, she had a whole bunch of backlash when she first came out. Um, But then, you know, she, she has her own talk show now. And she's one of the most successful, like, daytime, like, hosts now. And then we also had, like, the L word. We had Queer as Folk. We had these, like, very big, like, mainstream, like, cable TV shows that were catered specifically to, like, the gay community. Right, exactly. So we, you know, after Ellen came out, sponsorships were revoked. She was kicked off air. But people realized that they loved her, like, far before that, you know, because Mm -hmm. she was the same idea of, like, a gay, like, gay for novelty type thing. Mm -hmm. People knew she was gay, but, like, they just... Nobody wanted to talk about it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. And they didn't, they especially did not want her to talk about it. And when she did, um, you know, she got kicked off air and she received backlash for it. And then people were like, wait a minute, like, she's gay. But, like, we knew that. And we still love her and like we kind of exiled her for no reason so that's when people are like oh you know what maybe that was kind of fucked up and you know the millennials grew up in like a semi they're still coming out of these traditions established by the gen xers before them and obviously everybody before then Mm -hmm. so the millennials they while they're lgbt friendly they're not they're not fully like i don't know respect respectful to the like you also have to think about like the environment which they grow in because um a lot of the people like a lot of more the lgbtq friendly people were in like big cities like the big cities east coast west coast like you get into like that weird like midland area of like the u.s yeah it's like a whole other concept right because you don't it's all about like exposure and education right and like what you see on tv and basically gays to anybody in the united states was like a gay was like you know just like someone else the guy that she goes on a date with and clueless i forget his name i'm sorry (laughs) but like you know just the the gbf the gay best friend you know um but it was never like yeah, he was never like his own hero, like the hero of his own story. He's never the antagonist. Yes. He was always just like there, like a supporting character, a supporting and character. he doesn't he doesn't interact, he doesn't interfere with the lead female's no. goals of another man. Like, and he never gets to have his own story either. Yeah, you know? exactly. He just kind of like supports her. Yeah, exactly. Hers. He's like a support character. We're like, oh, we love, we love. He's so funny. He's so cute. I love him. He's like great. He's such a great. He's such a great secondary character, Ugh. and it's so yeah. But you know, again. While this is shitty, it's you know this is the path to you know where we're coming to, where we're where we're going. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that that was the '90s for you, LGBT friendly. So we reached the 2000s. Now, Gen Zers roughly defined. So generations are not really tethered by years so much as they are like concepts and ideals of groups yeah, of people it's all about society too like societal norms societal expectations exactly and the education yeah. at, happening at the time and so when we're reaching when you know all the gen zers are born into you know the age somewhere of between 95 yeah. and 2010 some people say 2015 it really depends um but this, I mean, generally, Gen Z can be characterized by, um, you know, being born with an iPhone in their hand. And I think for this podcast, you know, we're early Gen Zers, and we 
maybe identify with millennials a little bit because the first iPhone came out in 2010. Yeah. So we were we were children, but we were able to be conscious as we saw these technologies emerging. Yeah, you also have to think about like 9/11 as a very big like social shift. Yes, oh 100%. I didn't even think about that. Um millennials were the last generation to know the world pre-9/11. Yeah. I don't know the world pre-9/11. I was alive, but I sure don't remember I it. Very basically remember it. I lived in New York during the time, so like kind of yeah but like the real world i got to live in was like that post 9-11 world which is like really sad yeah it's crazy you know i guess i mean uh, you hear every boomer say it the world was never the same after 9-11 and like whatever they say that and and, you know i don't know if i'll ever fully grasp what that means and i don't I don't think a lot of our generation ever will, but a lot of things change. Like, you used to just be able to fucking walk onto an airplane or, like, smoke a cigarette on an airplane. And, like, I don't know. There's just a lot of, like, yeah. cultural shifts that happen. So Also, born- like, with, like, racial things and everything, like, oh my have God, a lot yeah. of, like, just Middle Eastern people or just, like, ethnically ambiguous people just getting harassed for no reason. Right, exactly. And it's just this... It's another the, scapegoat. The next it scapegoat. It is just another scapegoat, scapegoat, which is so upsetting. It is so sad. We always want to put somebody to blame. Um, But, you know, the really, the really interesting thing about that is that... Okay, so I watched this whole TED Talk today um, about Gen Zers and about how, you know, they're different than previous generations. And the great thing about Gen Zers is that they don't want to work towards the problem, you know, in these ways. So for example, I think the example she used is working in a soup kitchen. Like, you know, these Gen Zers don't want to work in a soup kitchen. Like they, they understand and they see the importance of volunteering, but they would much rather attack the root of the problem, Mm. you know, via, you know, the internet and like influencing and like, you know, really like sourcing out these root problems. And so that's why I feel like hopefully with our generation, you know, there's not another another scapegoat scenario. See, but the good thing that I'm really proud of, like, Gen Z about is, like, we've come to a point where we're just kind of, like, tired of seeing the world be the way it is. Yeah. And because we've been exposed to so much because of the internet, the age of technology, the age of information, uh, we kind of, like, have been able to, like, understand the world uh, from, like, more of a worldview instead of a very, like, U.S. like American centered view, mm-hmm. uh, or just like yeah, the Western globally, world. yes, yeah. because we're exposed to people from all over the world on the internet. Um, Social media, honestly, yeah, it's done its thing. It has been able to get like news and like ideas and concepts uh, across like the whole world, right? And it's really great because it really like brings us together, just as like a whole generation, right? To where we all kind of like feel the same like idea we have yeah the same, like, wait, there's a lot okay so here's the thing uh another ted talk that i watched when i was doing my research today um it was talking about gen zers and one thing that this guy said in his ted talk was that generation z is the most diverse generation that's ever existed and the only time you can get a gen zer to recognize diversity is when it's absent fact fact honestly fact. i was like that shit hit different i heard that I was like that <laughs> is it he just said it. He, he said it. what he said. That is so true. We are the first generation and, you know, now carrying things over to like a sexual standpoint, right? So we see the hookup culture with the millennials. They still, you know, while they're LGBT friendly, they're not necessarily, they don't feel comfortable getting immersed in LGBT culture if they're mm. not, you know, part of the movement. Um, uh, with us, it's like, you know, we're the first generation to recognize gender and sexuality on a spectrum rather mm. than a binary choice, which is 
really, really fucking cool. Mm. That's like, I think one of the most important things that I'm going to be talking about on throughout this whole series is, is that because that's so different. And that's another thing. A lot of older generations have a hard time grasping those concepts. Especially within the concept of dating. It's very been like a very like hetero aspect of it. Right. Even like with, like even think about like the sex education that we were raised on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not like about our own views. It's about the views of the people who raised us. Right. So it's a lot of like abstinence-based, like heteronormative, like bullshit, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Very heteronormative. And the same way that, like, in the 60s, people were rebelling against, like, the videos they were shown in, like, their home ed classes. Right. We were kind of, like, rebelling against, like, what we were taught in, like, our sex ed classes. Right, exactly. Because we're like, wait a minute. Like, I'm talking to people, and I'm realizing, like, that ain't it. Like, that's not correct. That doesn't represent everyone. Like, it's, like, it's to please me. It's to please you. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a good thing. And it's very, like, stupid to try and, like, expect, like, teenagers and like the young adults to not have sex mm-hmm. especially when you're like giving them like the idea the concept that like absence is it like that's the only way to prevent like stds and like death like yeah. the only way is to like not have sex period right. and it's really stupid because realistically like we live in a hookup culture we, we do live yeah in, like, we were born into it essentially like as soon as we became of dating and reproductive age we are in this yeah, in this area where we got into it. we got tinder we got bumble we got hinge we got grinder we got all that shit and like you know we're we're but we're here's the thing here's the different thing about gen z is that we saw this hookup culture materialize within the millennials and we're realizing that it doesn't it doesn't work mm-hmm. you know like while it's like you know a viable option it's not people still want like partners they still want to date and people you know there's a lot of speculation on if gen z is going to end up like for example the japanese population of millennials where they you know technology emerged a little bit earlier in japan and Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more prevalent and these people are using their phones and you know connecting through their phones rather than in person so there's a huge population crisis um you know you also think about cultural identity right now and with a lot of like gen z the cultural identity is like I'm going to put off, like, having family until later. Like, I want to travel. I want to get to know the world. That's, like, right. the very... Globalized. That's the sentiment of, like, Gen Z. It's, like, I want to travel. Like, I want to be independent for a while. Like, I want to, like, get to know myself before, like, I sit down and, like, settle down and, like, have a family. Right. And, like, every generation before this was built on, you know, the idea of material success and, you know, having things... And I think we, as Gen Zers, have seen so much. We've just witnessed this, you know, all this this mass destruction that's happened throughout the last, you know, hundred years. And we're realizing our decade. our we have a lot, a lot less, like, you know, attachment to that. We're not, you know, necessarily concerned with the idea of making a ton of money or you know, material success so much as we are interested in, you know, creating a better, a better world, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's really, that's a really important factor in Gen Z too. Um, as far as hookup culture, again, I feel like while the millennials kind of used like dating apps like Tinder, you know, to hook up and to, to have sex essentially, I think that it could be more useful for Gen Zers because we're seeing that, you know, what, you know, making these connections is important. These people, a lot of millennials are, you know, reaching that age, like 30, 31, and that's when they start panicking about, like, marriage and, like, mm. reproduction. 
And we're kind of seeing it as, like... But also, like, with the whole, like, technology shift, um, we live in, like, again, we live in, like, the age of technology. We live in a world where, like, you can have kids later. Like, it's medically possible for you to have kids later. You can freeze your eggs. Yeah. You can have a surrogate. Like, these are all possibilities, which are not only good for, like, your straight cis woman and your straight cis man, but, like, also for, like gay people who want to have like their own kids like they can biologically have their own kids now which is so great it's so amazing i don't know if you guys have you i don't know do you know shanti the workout instructor no oh my god he he's um he's gay and he has two two sons um through a surrogate um and his husband is uh white and blonde and so they they picked a surrogate that was very oh, similar cute. to his husband. And like I swear to God, go look at Shanti's Instagram. He's the hip hop abs guy. If you were wondering, uh, <laughs> he's got some beautiful fucking babies. You know, Gen Z is the. I mean, what? Like, I guess if really you're considering Gen Z up to the point of 2015, being born in 2015, you have people being born after um, you know gay marriage is legalized. Oh my God! Wow, that's like a thing. That's yeah, crazy. and the first black president. Did you guys forget that? Like, that was a fucking huge thing. Yeah. What and a world they're going to live in. I know. Thank God. Honestly. <laughs> Jesus. We've, we've, uh, we've kicked out the uh, white male breadwinner archetype out of our, you know, yeah. out of our sight. Um, but I feel like that's another thing with, like, the whole, again, like, everything is just a result and, like, a reaction to what happened before. And I feel like that's the same thing with, like, the whole, like, trump administration right like the trump administration is just like a response a retaliation from you know yeah because we're made the 10s we made some fucking progress we made some moves bro we made some fucking moves barack obama did not back down fucking love you man i wish i could have spent thanksgiving with my family the obamas (laughs) (laughs) i love that but yeah no but really and then we have like the trump administration which i feel is just like a response to that and that's why right now with like the late 2000s i mean like 2010s uh we have like a really big like emergence of like protest culture yeah. which is great yes exactly. And not only like in the u.s but like globally yeah. like right now with all the protests that are happening in latin america uh, about like all the things uh, not only like women um right now in like mexico uh, spain colombia there's a lot of protests going on um because women are retaliating against, like, sexual, like, rape. Pretty much rape. Yeah. A lot of women have been raped. And then when they try to, like, go Come and find... about it. Seek, And, yeah. like, seek basically, like, some sort of... Justification. Justification. Yeah, yeah. Or legally. Yeah. Just legally. Yeah. Like, specifically, there there's was this woman in... No, there isn't. Especially because yeah. Latin America is so corrupt. Uh, there's a specific woman in Mexico who... She was um, married to a politician. Mm -hmm. Um, She came forward and she filed a lawsuit against him saying that he beat her. Mm -hmm. The courts did not take that into account. They were like, oh, this isn't enough evidence. Like, your testimony is, like, not enough for us to, like, put this man in prison. Literally weeks later, she was found dead in her car. Yeah, exactly. And we're seeing this. Obviously, you know, we're not having as much of an issue with this in the United States, but around the world, you know, it's what we've seen in America is inspiring a lot of protest, of change around the world. We're moving towards a globalized society. And, um, you know, I think, I don't know, for me, I think that, you know, we, 
so we've we we were the retaliation, and now we have received the retaliation. And now we're gonna retaliate. And now we're gonna back. retaliate That's even what, harder. This is all about. That's what all. This is all. This fucking A to B shit is just fucking retaliation, retaliations, a mm. series of them essentially. Um, yeah, I mean. Also, like y'all better fucking vote. In this yeah. Okay, election. that's one thing I want to talk about too because uh, another. Um, uh, TED talk that I was listening to talked about voting. Um, and Gen Zers, I mean, obviously like half, half of Gen Z isn't even of, you know, legal age to vote yet, but a pretty alarming amount of Gen Zers did not vote. Um, now I'm not trying to justify not voting because, you know, obviously there are some, there are some, some things that can come up to where you're not able to vote. You know, sometimes like, for example, like, you you know, there's a lot of propaganda in certain areas where, like, for one example, I don't know if you ever saw this, um, Ocasio talking about this, but Facebook basically wow. made it legal um, for, you know, um, advertising, advertising ro- the wrong election dates yeah. to primarily black communities, primarily Hispanic communities. But that's also been, like, a thing for centuries. Like, even, like, like talking about, like, the civil rights movement in, like, the 50s. Yeah, same Like, shit. after that happened, there were so many, like advertisements in predominantly black and latino communities mm-hmm. that prevented people from voting yeah. there were even laws put in place in a lot of parts of rural america where the literacy tests yeah like if you couldn't read you can't vote yeah and like we know like historically these black communities that are systematically oppressed were more likely to not have the education to read right especially if they came from like slave families yeah exactly so like it was it was never about like proving that we need like a intellectual voting like um population but necessarily about like oh no we specifically want like just white people just people who are going to benefit us the people in power want to keep that power of course always the thing i wanted to say was that gen z has a pretty low percentage of voting guess who's fucking voting you guys guess who the fuck is doing all the voting the boomers are doing the voting you're welcome that's why donald trump is our president Mm -hmm. because you didn't vote but the one thing I will say is that, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but the one thing that I will say is that Gen Z has a, a voice, very, a very low, um, a very low regards for, um, you know, our current government and our current governmental no, state. Yeah. There's no, we feel as if we have no power within the government because of how corrupt the system is. And so. Especially seeing that as a global view, because we've been so introduced to like what's going on in like. Um, Central Asia, what's going on in Latin America, what's going on in a lot of places in, like, rural Africa, where, like, the systems are so corrupt that, like, people can't, like, make a change happen. Right, exactly. And we, hopefully, can abolish the Electoral College at some point. But what I'm saying is, we have a low, we have a low um, faith in our government system. And so I think with Gen Z, there's going to be a lot of reform, too. Um... But yeah, like as far as like the topic, you know, people speculate that like Gen Z is like not having sex, you know, like I said, like the whatever, they don't want us to reproduce. That's going to happen. People are still going to fucking have sex. I promise you guys, we are still having sex. And I am speaking for the people who are not even of legal age to consent to sex. Like that's still happening. It's still going on, but we have protection and we have, you know, we have more more rights to our bodies. Um, but, um, like, the voice of, like, our own, like, our sex, we are in control of it now. Yeah, exactly. We are in an age where we can control not only, like, what we're doing and the actions, but we also, pretty much, like, with the emergence of, like, dating apps, we have, like, 
full control of like everything that happens right like, exactly and you know we're still seeing these like antiquated political debates about what goes on in the bedroom but i promise you i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you guys a little scoop of, of faith and humanity here nobody's gonna touch that shit and we will not let it happen as mm-hmm. gen zers that's not gonna fucking happen another great thing that's been happening because like with the 70s the 80s we have like the whole emergence of like the porn industry yeah we're coming into an age right now where gen z is kind of like we don't even under- want that anymore like yeah we understand that like porn is an ideal cartoon deal. yeah this cartoonist version of of what sexual encounters are supposed to look like and so we're being visible i mean okay so the one quality of gen z that sticks out more than anything is that we value transparency we value honesty we want to hear what other people are doing because we want the truth we want to know and that's why the fuck i am talking about my vagina and birth control and like dating apps and and, the messiness of all of it and all of it on a fucking podcast like i on god if this shit gets me discriminated from a job in the future for having this content on the internet i don't give a fuck because i know what i'm doing and there is a full reason behind it because there are not enough voices in the generation yet to be speaking on it and so that's really what the pinnacle of this podcast is about is really like just doing the damn thing and being honest and being transparent because while we have these millennial dating podcasts that talk about you know dating as a millennial they're still very censored they're still not honest and it's all the the thing with like millennial podcasts is like with podcasts becoming so big right now um a lot of millennials are at the age where they're trying to like settle down yeah yeah so it's like these podcasts are like pretty much geared towards like marriage and like yeah and like finding the perfect man yeah but it's like and it's also very hetero that's the other thing too i found that gen z you know i hang out with a pretty diverse group of people and it's like love is like i don't know like whatever people think from previous generations that conversations about love are only relatable if you're a hetero person talking to a hetero person or a gay person talking to a gay person and that's not true at all because the this we see the experience is universal exactly it's a universal experience and nobody nobody has said anything about it yet so i'm like damn i guess i'm like the messiness of your relationships are just as messy as my relationships like at the end of the day it don't matter what what goes where or who does what (laughs) like i don't know and you know we're recognizing there's so much fluidity with sexuality you know in the gen z emerging population like whatever like you know, bisexuality and, you know, like, the choice of, of hooking up with people of the same sex, of different sexes, of people who are, you know, non-binary. Yeah. Especially like, with, like, before the conversation was like, yeah, like, I experimented in college. Now right. it's just like, oh, no, like, I'm just, I did you know, that doing, and I'm like, doing my thing. You yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Like, there's not, we don't, we've found, the other generations like to speculate a lot on this. They like to speculate. And th- that's the thing. A lot of generations before this, like, that was, like, part of their, like, conversational norms was to speculate on somebody's gender identity and sexuality and like want a full understanding of it and with gen z we don't give a single fucking shit like we are like you're open and you're you're honest about who you are and people fucking respect you for that but like also we have to have just like a brief conversation about even though we live in a very open like generation now like a lot of conversations are happening and although like the gay movement has made a lot of progress there's still a lot of stigma around like bisexuality just like as a concept oh my god yes i'm gonna have a whole fucking episode about so this fucking we're, dumb, gonna, bro. we're gonna have probably an episode for every single one uh, of no, these things so, we're talking about it's right like now. really weird especially for me just because the context of dating a woman is different from the context of dating a man yeah. and like the connotations of it are mm-hmm. also just so different and it kind of like really sucks to me when 
people try to like quantify it not yeah quantify it label it like because all those things at the end of the day are just restrictive in a sense yeah they're kind of like, like trying to restrict my own experience my own narrative right that's like no like i'm just trying to like do what i'm doing live my life like whoever i fall in love with i fall in love with if i want to hook up with someone i'll hook up with someone yeah. if i don't that's the case exactly that's the idea where the idea of of gender and sexuality spectrums comes in and are so important to the way we define our sexuality as the new generation um because guess what it's not fucking 50 50 it's not this or that it's you know, do what you when, want. when you're, if you're bi and somebody asks you that God, that God forbidding question, which one do you like more? Oh my more? God. I, uh, I don't think you understand okay, boomer. how okay, boomer. upsetting that question is. God. It's like, first of all, like it's inappropriate to ask that question. It is. It's, it's inappropriate in general to speculate on somebody's sexuality. If they choose to disclose it, it comes down to respect. Yeah. Like, like don't fucking ask. Me personally, I try to keep things as general and neutral as I can just cause it's like, at the end of the day, like my experience is not for your entertainment. Right, exactly. Like, and it I'm... has nothing to serve you if you're not partaking in exactly. it. Like... So at the end of the day, like, I'm going to do what I want. If you want to hear about it, you can hear about it. But I'm not here to just, like, fuel some kind of entertainment for you. I'm not, right. like, it's no more, a it, sideshow. Sexuality story. is no longer a novelty for us. Which is great. Which is great. We're, we're getting out of that. It's amazing. We're also considered the most depressed generation while simultaneously that, being described as the most optimistic generation. We have the most faith in humanity than any yeah. other generation before us. And I think that is really... But then again, I think that has a lot to do with like the whole 9-11 conversation. Yeah. Like, because yeah. we were born at a post-9-11 age... Right. We have a faith prone. in humanity and no tethered existence. You know what I mean? And like, we're nothing just like, is prone to that And we're anxiety. going through this whole like... The whole, you know, thing, the things happening in schools, the gun violence. And oh it's, you know, we, we're understanding that, like, we were born into this world in a very dark place, but through connections and globalization and, like, just the overall optimism of, you know, the people that we get to have conversations with, um, you know, I feel like that kind of is, you know, when they mm. say that, that's kind of the, the, the pudding to it, I guess. <laughs> And the great thing is, like, a lot of the conversations that are happening right now are led by, like, young people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're speaking the fuck up. We are not, like, we, I know all of our parents have told it to us, like, oh, don't go out of the way, don't go out of your way to, like, say anything or do anything that's out of the norm because, you know, you don't want to be discriminated against when you want to get a job one day. I'm telling you, material success does not matter shit to us. But not even just that, because, like, I even have, like, my parents, my parents have always been, like, very against the idea of me, like, protesting. Yeah, same. I'm like, but I guess, like, I understand that, like, there's a danger element to it. There's, like, always a possibility that, like, I may just get killed at, like, a protest rally or something. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's, like, my life is important, but it's not as important as, like, a change Your in conversation. Cause, yeah. Exactly. Like, what you're doing. Like, there's something bigger to it. Right, exactly. And, you know, we're, I think that whole martyr mentality is another really defining characteristic of Gen Z. Like, we're, we're, we're going through it and like we're ready like I don't want to say we're ready to fucking die but unfortunately with the world that we live in we have to be ready to die if we want to talk about these things no and that's another thing I was reading this um article that was saying how a lot of young people especially like late 
uh, millennials, uh, early Gen Zers, they had this notion that they were not going to make it past 18. They were not going to make it past 20. They were not going to make it past 21. And this is like a very, very universal like sentiment. And I, uh, I've done like polls on like Twitter before where like I've, and I've asked like my friends about it. And like a lot of people feel this way. A lot of people are like, yeah, you know what? Like I understand that like, I'm probably not gonna make it to live that long. And that's like fine. Like yeah. I've just come to terms with it. And that's like a really great thing too. Cause it kind of like catapults us into this idea where we're like, you know, like I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight for the Yeah, cause. exactly. Exactly. And there's no like, I don't know. There's no like, it's just a really, really untethered generation. Like when we're, you know, kind of connected and like almost like wise beyond our years because of the shit that, you know, the aftermath of what we lived in. Um, so we were kind of forced into it. We were, we yeah. We no I didn't choose. I didn't choose to be born. Jesus, I, I did not. I didn't choose when to be born. I didn't choose to be born in like the age of anxiety because that's what this is. Yeah, dead ass. When, especially when you see everything on the internet, and I don't know. It's just it is an it's an age of anxiety. And I feel like the other thing about it too is it was the age of anxiety, and now we're getting to the point where we're like, okay, we've been anxious for a minute now. Like whatever, let's just we're okay with dying, kind of thing. Like. Let's, let's go for Might it. as well die for a reason. You yeah, know? exactly, exactly. So, basically, I mean, I don't know. To kind of, like, some, you know, tie this bag up, like, you know, Gen Z is very unique, and while it may be labeled as, like, the fucking Jake Paul generation, Ugh. or whatever, I'm not a fucking Jake Paul generation. I am a goddamn honorary Greta Thunberg bro like that that bitch that is my Gen Z queen she is an icon we love her um like honestly like I don't know there's just a lot of great things about this generation that I feel like get neglected and not looked at and you know I don't know I I I feel like this podcast got really really deep like it really did you know I obviously try to you know, have these conversations and make them funny. Some of these topics are a little bit hard to be funny about, you know, because I'm trying to lay down the groundwork for this podcast so we can continue to have these conversations. Um, But I guess the advice that I want to, like, kind of lead out with um, in respects to dating, which is the topic of this podcast, is, like, you know, I'm not saying, like, okay, we saw, like, the hookup culture and how it, like, destroyed the millennials. And I hate to go back to it. I feel like I've, like, made, like, six circular conversations about this but like you know people are saying like oh we're just gonna like live digitally and like that's just how it's gonna be like a whole father john missy song like <laughs> strapped into our hubs Love um, that song, though. yeah so good <laughs> um but you can really use the internet as a tool to facilitate creating these worldly connections because i think we're realizing now that like online connections are never going to be as strong as the ones we make in person um but you know, you can use these things as a tool to find yeah, like minded people. Essentially, it's yeah, like it is a, a catalyst. catalyst. Yes, we're viewing it, you know, as a tool. Like people say, technology is the experience for Gen Zers, and I don't think that's the case at all. You know, even like with like the social media thing, like a lot of people understand that, like, yeah, social media friendships are great, but even with like everything that's happening with like Instagram taking down like their likes, like yeah. a lot of these like social media platforms, like understanding like this, like the concept and the sentiment that we're going through is like. No, like, we get that, like, the relationships and the attractions that we have on the internet are important, but, like, they are nowhere near as fulfilling and... Meaningful, meaningful as, Meaningful as, yeah. like, an 
in person. Yeah, like. exactly. And we're realizing this too through the the poll work that I've done for for the Instagram account. It's like people still they still want to find Bay and they want to like live with Bay and like that notion isn't gone. Like we're still trying to find somebody to love us. But the concept of love is a lot less material. A lot less for us. like rigid too. Yeah, a lot less rigid. It's just it's it's becoming a really I think things are going up. Yeah. Honestly, I think things are going well from here. You know, don't get discouraged by the shit that you see on the internet. Like, we got it. We got this We got it covered. We're a fucking generation of intellectuals. We have a goddamn podcast. I mean, we're, at the end of the day, like, we're still figuring it out. But that's, like, what your 20s are about. You're just, like, figuring shit out, figuring out what you like, going through, like, all the messiness of, like, the dating world. Yes, and and date around. That's the other thing, too, is, like, if you're the type of Gen Zer that, like, sits behind the screen and, like, doesn't want to do anything... This is my advice for every person on this planet. Be bold. Get the fuck out there. Get okay with rejection. Get fucking okay with it. You know, because the millennials, they just aim to please. They want that instant gratification. We don't fucking need that. Okay? At the end of the day, you have to please yourself. You have to You have to just do you. And, like, I feel like our generation, we're, yeah. we're those people. We're, we're I this, feel like we've become more honest with ourselves. Yeah, it's and... like a very enlightened generation that we're living in. Um... But yeah, like honestly, I don't know. You've seen, you've we showed it to you. We laid it out. This is where we came from, and this is where we are. Get out there, make out with some boys, make out with some girls, make, make out, out with some non-binary people, make out with some non-binary people, make out with anyone that you feel like making out with, or don't do it at all, or I don't mean, do it hey, at all. It's Shit. up to you. Whatever totally you want to do. Totally up to you. Um, and just know that you know I'm here, and Sammy is here, and we are just respecting the fuck out of you from a distance and you know there's so many people so much like this that are you know feeling the exact same way um but yeah I feel like this has been the most informative episode and it probably will remain the most informative episode it was like a goddamn NPR yeah you gotta lay the groundwork bro this was NPR as fuck of us (laughs) you just like you just heard everything you should feel learned if you're still like in high school, you should you should definitely tell your teacher that you listen to this so you can get extra credit. Honestly, this is your sex education. This is your sex education. Keep listening because we're gonna give you some real ass shit, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna be skewed by the fucking government. Oof. Um, Ain't some that the true. FBI is looking at me right now through my computer screen. They're like about to come at me. Hi, honey. Hi, honey. What's up? Are you hot? Let me know. <laughs> I'm not having too much luck these days. So <laughs> just kidding. I mean, half kidding. But, uh, kind uh, of. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. Uh, it means so much to me that you, you tune in for this episode and, um, it's only up from here. We're going to talk about everything on the goddamn planet and I am a good listener. So you guys tell me what you want and I'll, I will serve. I am a Libra woman. You already know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sammy's a Scorpio. Yeah. You know how that goes. (laughs) But yeah, so um, thank you so much. Um, if you are not following the SoundCloud, it is soundcloud.com slash meetparade, but you probably already knew that because you're probably listening to it on this link. Give it a follow. Give it a like. Share it. Please share this podcast um, if you feel like you fucks with it and you're trying to, you know. Enlighten your folks. Enlighten your folks and the let game. everybody know that you're, that you're fucking, uh, you're learned as hell. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Okay. You guys are welcome. I told you I'd get this episode out today. Peace and blessings.